This morning was uh, interesting, um, you know, because last week I was supposed to preach, and it snowed, so I didn't have to. That was good. I was actually was prepared, so it wasn't like it was really, a, you know, a super win on the preparation time. And, you know, and Mike and I talked, and he thought he was going to preach today, but in the middle of the week he goes, hey, what do you think about preaching on Sunday? And then, of course, this morning he uh, woke up, uh, you know, sick, and Sammy's sick, and so they're home. And I'm sure he's glad that I'm preaching, and or Ralph is, because Ralph would probably be preaching the communion now if that was the case. <laughs> but uh, that's a good thing, and well, not a good thing, but uh, it worked out that way. And of course, we woke up and Jeanette felt sick this morning. <clears throat> so uh, a lot of sickness going around. Um, I'm not sick, I don't think, and I'm not going to pass it on to you, or try not to. Um, you know, it's uh, it's exciting today. It was great to have uh, actually some friends here who know Rob and I probably longer than anybody else in this room, I think. Uh, Steve and Brenda Neff, uh, Brenda and Rob were at Salem State back in their childhood, you know, uh, my childhood anyways, and so it's great to, great to be here together. Today I, I had the thought of blind spots. Now you go, well, what's a blind spot? Well, I had this great idea because there's a blind spot test you can take. You know, so you pull it up on your computer. Turns out that when you project it on a screen, it doesn't work. So, because I tried it, and so you would uh, basically would cover one eye and look at the O, or cover the other eye and look at the X, and you wouldn't be able to see it. And that's because in your eye, the nerve comes in in the back of your retina, and there's a place where there is no vision. You were designed with a defect. You have a place where you cannot see. And yet you don't even know it because you have two eyes. That's a good thing, right? And so one eye covers for the other eye and sees that spot where the left eye can't see and vice versa. And your, your brain has figured it out so it doesn't even, it doesn't even catch you. And so you, you're designed with a defect. You have a blind spot. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad my brain has figured out how to solve the blind spot problem, right? You know, that's it's awesome. I don't walk around going, mm, mm, I can't quite see it. Could you move, you know, get out of my blind spot? You know, but there's, there's other things where we have blind spots. You know, in, in the car, now, you, you may, if you slept through this in driver's ed, there's a blind spot. It's that part behind your car, just sort of right off the back bumper, where you can't see it in your mirror. You know, and I, as I started to ride a motorcycle, I became very concerned about blind spots because, you know, in a car you, get, you take a little bump maybe if you hit some of your blind spots. On a motorcycle, it's worse. And so I, I, I was taught or came up with, with a mental thing. You know, so the mirror can only say no. It can never say yes. So you look in the mirror. If I see a car, that means don't go that way. But if I, it doesn't tell me, oh yeah, just it's fine, go on over there. So I always turn, you know, a little harder when this, my neck is stiff, but I turn around and I look out the window to make sure there's no car there. I don't know if you do that. Uh, in some of the newer cars, they're putting these little fancy lights on there, and I still think I'm not trusting that, <laughs> you know, um, not for my life, maybe, you know, but, um, and it got me thinking. So there's a third area where, where the word blind spot is used. And it's just an area where a person lacks understanding or impartiality. So you think about the physical blind spot. You can stare at something. Uh, we do it every day, and you don't realize you have a blind spot. It's totally invisible to you. You don't know it. I mean, maybe, maybe you didn't know you had one. Maybe you don't believe me. Go home and take the test. You've got one. 
You know, and you can stare in this mirror, even with a little thing there, and believe that there's no blind spot back there. It seems perfectly clear, but there is a blind spot back there that you are, you're just not aware of. And there's this uh, this window, this test it's called. It's, it was created by two gentlemen. One was named Joe, and the other one was named Harrison. So they came up with Johari window, <laughs> whatever, right? And so, um, so it's interesting because there there's some things that uh, you know. So if you're there's no oh there. We go. <laughs> I have another blind spot now. <laughs> but uh, so so there's this area where you know things that are no, that are not known to others. This is others known to others, not known to others. This is known to self, not known to self. So let's imagine. So things about me that I don't know and that you don't know, nobody knows. They're unknown. So let's ignore that square. <laughs> then there's some things that are known to others and known to me. So those are things that are that are out in the open, you know, like that I have gray hair. No surprise, right? That I love my wife. Uh, well, that might be questionable sometimes the way I act, but most of the time it, it is apparent, you know. Or that I'm handsome, right? You know, it's just out there, you know, in public. Everybody knows that. It's it's obvious, right? Okay, well maybe that's a blind spot too, right? You know, but uh, then there's things about me that I know about myself that you don't know. You don't know these things. So you don't know maybe that at times that I'm insecure. Or you don't know that, you know, sometimes when I sin and I don't feel like telling you, you, you know, sometimes it, the Bible says your sins are obvious, they precede you. But sometimes there's things going on in your head or your heart that you're not telling people. And people just don't know those things. Those are, well, it calls it a facade. So I, these are things that I, I'm faking. But then there's this other area about things about me that I don't know. But you know. You know you know some of my outward sins. I, I was reading something this week that said that when you survey people, 95% of people, when they say I'm good at something, they really aren't. Which is crazy, you know. Like the things, you know, I'm really good at telling how, how people are feeling. Somebody says that to you, you're probably going, no, you're not. You're awful at it, right? Husbands and wives compare notes on that. That's probably true, right? You know, in a blind spot, it doesn't matter. I can stare at it all I want, and it doesn't fix it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't like, oh, this is really all of a sudden became totally clear to me because I pondered on it. No, it's, it's the thing that it's just, it's hard for you to get your mind around. It just doesn't make sense to you. And, you know, I expand that, you know, you think about, uh, if you put God in that equation, well, there's things that God obviously knows about me that I don't know about myself, right? And there's things that God, you know, uh, knows himself, not just about me, just things in general that God knows that I don't know. And sometimes it can be, I can stare at those things for a long time and still not understand, not figure them out. Does that make sense? Everybody working on their blind spots here? Um, you know, and our theme this year is, is connected in Christ. That's on the bookmark. And it had a couple areas there. And what we're trying to do is to connect with each other in Christ. And, you know, in order to do that, we have to be aware of our blind spots. But, you know, it's not enough really even just to be aware you've got a blind spot. Um, you have to find ways, like God has done with our eyesight, to work around them. You've got to find ways to overcome your blind spots. You know, it, it, it takes time. You know, it's, 
I, I find as I get older, I, there's things that I learn about that I just didn't have a clue about. You know, how other people feel about things. Things that are really just very powerful emotional issues for my brothers and sisters that are blind spots for me. I had no idea. You know, that's, that's easy. When you get married, you figure that out pretty quick. That there's things that women feel that I have no idea. You know, I have no clue as to why that is. I just have to respect it. I have to learn it. I'm just totally blind. And so uh, I, I have to work around that. You know, it doesn't disappear just because I want it to. You know, and it can be a challenge because I want to spend some time today talking about a couple of spiritual blind spots. And it can be sometimes easy to say, you know what? I don't feel like it. You know, you can you can do this. You can play possum. Now, if nobody, if you've never seen a possum, sometimes they're laying on the road and they look like they're dead and they're not really dead yet, because <laughs> they make this they make the uh, the mistake. It works really well in nature. You get attacked by a dog or a, a wild animal, and you play as a possum. You just pretend you're dead. Nobody wants to eat raw possum, right? <clears throat> so they just go, oh, that stinks, and they walk away and leave it alone. Occasionally a possum decides to do that in the middle of the road. And so they lay in the middle of the road until, you know, somebody hits them with a car and uh, it didn't quite work, you know. And so that's the idea here is that, you know, we need to not just roll over and say, you know, this will probably go away. You know, we need to see God. We need to figure out how do we get connected with God so that we can make the changes, you know, be able to work around our blind spots so we can really figure them out, you know. And, you know, and... uh, yeah, one thing I like to think about, too, is uh, if you're not quite sure what your blind spots are, and if you ponder that for a moment, how would you be sure anyways, right? Because they're your blind spots. <clears throat> you know, uh, as we talk about these today, as I point some things out or you think about them, I, I might totally miss your blind spot. I might totally miss what's relevant to you. <clears throat> so I'm going to encourage you to help me. You know, just take whatever I'm throwing out, whether it's a... I don't know, a dart, an arrow, uh, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. You just bring it on target. You bring it in line. So if I miss the exact point that you would say, well, Peter, you missed it. I I was able to duck and he didn't get me. Just help me out and bring it in line. That'd be awesome, okay? Amen. All right. So blind spot number one, the Lone Ranger blind spot. Now, most of you are not. Has anybody ever actually watched the Lone Ranger in black and white? Yeah, so a couple folks, right? Oh, oh, it's in color. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, it is color. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, so the Lone Ranger, for those of you that missed it, was uh, he was a solo guy. He actually had a sidekick named Tonto. Totally not politically correct today. Won't go there. But, uh, you know, he had this idea that, that Lone Ranger would just solve it. He was all by himself. And so years ago, we used to talk about being a Lone Ranger Christian. You know, say, so I can be a Christian. I don't really need other folks around me. I can do it on my own. And for me, that I can sometimes think that way about my relationship with other people, with other brothers and sisters. You know, that I can just, I'll just power through here and it'll be okay, you know. And I think that's part of the theme this year, you know, connected in Christ, is thinking about what are the connections that we need. You know, for me it was pretty, I was really feeling it this week because, you know, last week I didn't have to preach, but I didn't get to see any disciples on Saturday and Sunday. I got to, uh, I think, shovel snow or snow blow snow and go snow snowshoeing with Jeanette. Jeanette's awesome. You know, I love being around her. 
<clears throat> but I, I was missing just being around other Christians. And then, of course, I had a busy travel week. I, I, uh, I was gone most of the week. And so I missed midweek. <clears throat> I planned on being back. Silly weather canceled my flights and messed me up. <clears throat> I, I didn't make it there, although several people got sick after it, so maybe I'm glad that I missed family group this week. <clears throat> um, but then, you know, I, I just didn't get to really see anybody. I was really feeling, you know, you feel, ever felt lonely? <clears throat> you know, you know, I know the sisters a while back took one of those love languages surveys and they came up. I think the consensus was that everybody wants more quality time with each other. That, and that just translates, you know, sometimes we feel like we need more connection. That just means lonely. You know, we need those relationships. You know, we need people that, that really help us to figure out, is what I'm thinking right? Is what I'm thinking crazy? Is, uh, you know, just to be there with us. It was great, you know... I, I called up Ralph and said, you know, can we crash your movie night last night? And so we went over the beer horse and watched, uh, what did we watch? Two weeks notice. I don't even remember what it was. It was, it was a fun movie, but we had a good time together. You know, because times like that helped me not have the Lone Ranger blind spot. Because as the Lone Ranger, you know, who is the, uh, who is the proof of what's right or wrong? Me. You know, does, does somebody bother me? Yes, they are. You know, is what I'm thinking right? Yes, it is. You know, and sometimes it's helpful just to have one say, you know what? <clears throat> when you throw that spaghetti up against the wall, it doesn't make any sense, Peter. <clears throat> you know, it reminds me of, uh, of 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> it says, now when I went to Troas, this is Paul speaking, uh, to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. I still had no peace of mind. Because I did not find my brother Titus there. <clears throat> so I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. Now in communion contribution, we're talking a little bit about, <clears throat> about Titus. But can you imagine being Paul? God's opened a door for you. you know, this, this is not a blind spot. This is a real thing. <clears throat> There's a door open for me. God wants to do great things there uh, with me. <clears throat> this is God's plan. Totally, you know, it's, uh, but I just can't do it. I can't go there without my buddy, without my brother Titus. <clears throat> so I bagged it. You know, God opened the door. I just said, nope, I'm not going. I'm going back to Macedonia because I, I, need, I need that connection. I need that relationship. <clears throat> think about that. That's a blind spot. Sometimes we think that we can do well spiritually without good connections with other brothers and sisters. <clears throat> You know, feels oh, that, that makes sense to, to me. That works. You know, <clears throat> you know. Paul said, I, "I can't even do my work. I can't even do what God has called me to do." <clears throat> you know, relationships they, they give us peace of mind. <clears throat> they give us insight into our walk with God. You know, those relationships help us overcome our blind spots. <clears throat> you know, sometimes blind spots are are positive. You know, there's things that you can do that you don't think you can do. And somebody said, Larry says, oh, Pete, you can do that. You know, I think you're strong at that. You know, remember, I'm, I, I'm wrong about what my strengths are. I'm wrong about my weaknesses. And he says, oh, but you, know, but you have a weakness there. You know, you've got to be careful about that one. You know, and be careful about that spiritual weakness that you've got. You know, we miss working around. We miss the plan that God gave for us about those relationships. You know, I, I think about it, I, 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 you know, I get old enough, I have lots of friends that I've had for years. You know, Stephen, Brenda, Rob, many of you, um, many others. And sometimes, for me, I can, uh, I can tend to live in the past. 
And uh, well, things were really great then, you know. <clears throat> Think, it's probably another blind spot, right? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. <clears throat> you know, I, I think God has really blessed me to see a lot of great things. <clears throat> you know, I've been able to share in the spiritual battle with a lot of you, with a lot of, of other disciples. <clears throat> you know, those battles bring us close together. Those relationships help us to survive spiritually. But you know what I realize is I, I need that ongoing. <clears throat> you know, that I can't be living, you know, in things that happen behind me because I've still got a journey ahead of me. You know, I, I am committed to making it to the finish line, not just making it to the halfway point. You know, and I think about that in running. Uh, I've run a few marathons. Um, they're always awful for me. I don't finish saying I wish I could do another one right now. But the worst thing is to be at the halfway point, which is called the what? The half marathon. And to look down at your timing watch and go, you know what? I'm at the half marathon point and I've just set a personal record. I've gone so fast that I'm at the halfway point and I, 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 I'm blowing it out. What that means for a marathon runner is you just really messed up. <laughs> because you have nothing left in the tank to finish it out with. And it's going to be a brutal end game, right? And I think that's where a lot of us are at. We're at some half marathon point in our spiritual life. Maybe it's a quarter marathon. Maybe it's the 5K if you're, you know, early on in your walk. But there's a lot ahead of us, you know. And so I, what I would do is I want to walk, connect with God. I want to connect with my brothers and sisters. I want to walk with God today, now. I want to continue to have that faithful walk. Because I know if I don't do that, if I don't have that connection, I'm, pretty, I'm confident I won't make it to the end. You know, I know that my blind spots are severe they're challenging. If I don't continue to work through them, then I won't make it. The Lone Ranger, at least in my story, doesn't make it to the end. You know, I'm a brother in this family. You guys are my family. You know, I, I'm here for you as much as I would be for my physical brother and sister, brothers and sister. You know, and I need you here for me. I need that help from you to overcome the things that I just don't see in my life. Or I just won't make it, and I want to make it. You know, you think about just this idea. This is a little bit of a longer passage. Let's read it from Matthew 20. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it that you want, he asked. She said, Grant that one of these of two sons of mine may sit at your right, and that the other may at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared for by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers, and probably with the mom too, right? And Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, funny favor. Yeah, I want my, I want my one child to be at the left of Jesus in glory, and I want my other child to be at the right. And... Uh, and he says, okay, but that's not how it's going to work. And the way it works is that whoever wants to be first has got to be a slave. And this is the word, it's doulos in Greek. And what it means, it's not 
paid servant or purchased servant, it's bond servant. It's like, it's slave, slave. It means your property, you have no rights. You know, what matter your children, your wife, those are all property of your owner. This is totally sold out servant. One thing that came to mind is, you know what, you can't be a servant if you're a lone ranger. You actually have to be in a crew to be able to serve other people. You have to have that relationship. And, you know, it comes to my mind, you know, when you think about as we're really get connected with each other and with, you know, just individuals and your heart to heart, you know what to pray for. You know, because you know you're close. You know that, you know, there's challenges going on in my brother's life and my sister's life. And I, I, I don't just say, well, you know, I pray they'll have a great day. You know, pray that for me. I won't have a great day. But I'd much rather, you know, for example, pray that I can figure out how to not be lonely in my spiritual walk, right? That's an important thing. You'll know more how to encourage, you know. So a little bit I've shared with you, you know how to encourage me. We need to share that with each other. How can we encourage each other? How can we be that? I mean, Jesus was a slave. You know, he died for us. And he came to not to be served, but to serve and gave his life for many. That's our calling. That's our calling to overcome our blind spot. You know, don't let ourselves get isolated. You know, look for ways to serve other people, you know, even if they don't deserve it. And Jesus set as an example that we should follow in his footsteps. Another blind spot. I call it the distorted mirror blind spot. Um, God's word is, is true. But sometimes it just doesn't line up with what the world teaches. You know, it can feel like his word is wrong or that it's distorted. You know, if, if he was here today, he would have said something different. You know, and then we would be easy to follow him. You know, if you look over in James, James talks about that. He says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed, uh, he will be blessed in what he does. Have you ever, you know, it says, have you ever looked at the word and immediately walked away and not applied it to yourself? Just me? I mean, you guys are good. I, I'm not. I mean, I, I can, you know, even what Ralph was talking about at communion, about forgive, you know, forgiving others, right? Jesus forgave people from the cross, people who didn't deserve it, and how that really needs to be in my heart to be easily and ready to forgive other people. That, that's a powerful message. You know, I really appreciate that. You know, but there's, there's other areas of the word that are just, you know, you look at it and you go, I don't know if that applies to me, and you walk away and you don't put it into practice. You don't do it. You know, and, and I just thought of a number of things, and I think how this blind spot applies is that you know we need to be great stewards of God's word, and we need to realize that sometimes when we look at the scriptures and we don't quite get it, and we don't quite understand, or we may not get it at all, or we may think, oh, I, I totally understand that. Sometimes we need to step back, pray about it, get some insight from others, get some encouragement, get some challenges. You know, and I wrote a whole list of things like that, but you know. One thing that just crossed my mind this week was, you know, is anybody here watching Netflix? You know, there's shows on Netflix that you can bring up that, you know, I, you know, that are, I'll call them pornography, right? You know, there's things there that I, I wouldn't stand in the room and watch people do. You know, I wouldn't do that. So, but I'll, I can sit there and watch it on television, right? 
you know, in the privacy of my, my phone or my tablet or my computer or my TV. <clears throat> I have to think about that. You know, I have to think about, well, well how's that? In what sense is that okay? What are my, what's God's standards? What are my standards? Maybe I've got a blind spot there. I don't know if you do, but that's, that's an area to think about, right? <clears throat> you know, or, you know, just in, you know, what, what's wholesome speech? You know, <clears throat> is it just not being negative? Is it just, you know, what is that? Is it, is it swearing? Is it yelling? Is it raising my fist? You know, if I don't, <clears throat> if I don't make an obscene gesture when I'm driving a car, is that okay? Or, you know, is waving my fist all right? Or is just screaming my heart, you know? Wholesomeness, you know, just an area to think about. You know, easy to have blind spots there. You know, just what are temptations? What are things that tempt us? You know, that, um, you know, the thing is, it's, that I'm aware of is that some things that are temptations for me are not temptations for you or for somebody else. And some things that I think are not tempting, track record shows that they are. That, you know, that, you know, remember that thing, the things that I think I'm good at, I'm not really good at, you know. I think that's where we need the insight of others to help us figure out, you know, what's the mirror look like? How distorted is it? You know, it could be, you know, finances. It could be family relationships. You know, if you have a challenging relationship with a parent, with a kid, with a sibling, you know, it's those things, I think, that stand out. You know, if you say, well, I haven't talked to this person in a long time because I, I don't like them. You know, co-relate. I hate them, actually, but, uh, you know, it's those kinds of challenging relationships. And, you know, how do you deal with that? You know, I think we need help. It's not all, the answer is not always clear, you know, either way. And it could be outreach, you know, for the lost or for the poor. You know, maybe we've figured out a way to harden our hearts to make it so, you know, maybe some blind spots that we reinforce. We go, yeah, I don't really, I don't think I need to do that, you know, and, and here's ten reasons why I don't need to do that. Um, just something to think about, you know, worldliness, spirituality, another area that we can be blind about. Um, respect for authority, big thing these days, you know, with our government, um, or with our parents, or with our employers, or, you know, lots of areas there to think about. Do I really have a blind spot in that area? You know, the last one I had on the list was humility. Like it struck me that sometimes we talk about, well, true humility. Well, how can there be true humility? Isn't there humility or not humility? But uh, so I want to, I want to be, I want to be truly be humble. Just be, start with. I just need to start with being humble, and then true humility is probably the same thing. You know, they there was a situation where Jesus was in that says so they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. Uh, he fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. And it's often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And have you ever thought about it, you know, what is Jesus able to do? He's able to heal the sick, forgive sins, make blind people see, make deaf people hear. He can raise the dead. What is it that Jesus can't do, if you can? You know, sometimes we read God's Word and say, well, can God really do that? Sometimes we're just looking into a distorted mirror, you know. You know, we just need to get that insight from our brothers and sisters to help us. It reminded me of Hebrews 13, 
And where he just says, you know, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. Just look for people that have figured out that blind spot. And ask them, hey, how did you get around that blind spot of whatever is your distortion? You know, Paul had a, a, a challenge of just... What's in my next slide here? Okay, quite there yet. You know, I was talking with Ralph about this last night, and he reminded me in Acts 26 where, you know... Jesus asked Saul, he says, why do you persecute me? Is it hard? It, why is it so hard that you kick against the goads? Does anybody know what a goad is? Yeah, good. Well, you don't know. So a goad is a, is, a, is a cattle prod. I grew up in ranching country. You know, when you're trying to get cattle to do things that they don't want to do, and there's a number, we can talk about that offline, they rebel vigorously. And so you, you poke them with an electric stick, has a good shock, you know, gives them a good shock, and they go... Oh, I think I will do that. Well, in, in, in you know, pre-electricity days, they just had sharp sticks. <clears throat> just give them a good jab with a sharp stick. <clears throat> and so pretty soon, cows learn that they don't like getting jabbed with a sharp stick. <clears throat> and so they do what they're, you know, you imply you want them to do. <clears throat> you know, um, Ecclesiastes talked about it. And it says, you know, the words of the wise are like goads. <clears throat> they're collected sayings like, like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. And God was just saying, I think in referencing Ecclesiastes, that Saul, you're fighting against these solid things. These things that I put into place, these are wise things. But you're fighting against the goad. You're in a blind spot, right? All right, so last one. You know, sometimes we think, you know, where is God? You know, how do you get a good picture of God? This is, you know, what is it? Michelangelo painted on the Sistine Chapel. It's as good as any, right? But, you know, God, God has a plan for things. And sometimes it's hard to see God's plan and stuff. You know, because in Mark 8, 27, Jesus was asking the disciples, says, who, who do people say I am? And what did they say? Well, Elijah or one of the prophets? That's what people were saying, right? That was the word. And then Peter said, you know, no, you're the Christ. And he said, well, don't tell anybody. But that was a great day for Peter. He figured out and answered the question right that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the answer. But then the next verse says, Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And then he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. And he said, you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. That's a spiritual blind spot. Peter thought he had it figured out. But Jesus said, you know, you're not thinking the way God thinks. You know, I've got a plan. My plan is for Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice, to be raised from the dead, to give people a connection with the father to have eternal life you know it's a big plan you know it's way beyond what peter was thinking at the moment you know peter was i think doing his best he was looking down at that blind spot dead on he says this is what i figured out this is jesus you're messing up and jesus said no i'm not messing up get behind me satan you know that's not what we're going you know he just he had a blind spot peter did for god's plan you know, Proverbs 14 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. So I think we just have to be careful. That's a warning that sometimes things we have all figured out, 
you know, this is the way that God should respond. It's, it's not really the way that God is going to respond. You know, even he said, you know, uh, you know, since, you know, temptation is common to every person, God's faithful. He's going to give you a way out. He's going to take care of it. He's going to give you a way to respond. You know, Jesus was even the ultimate in this. Jesus had this feeling the same way, you know, before the cross. You know, Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And you remember the story, right? It takes Peter, two of the other guys, you know, and, and Jesus is sorrowful. He's troubled. And what do the guys do? Go to sleep, you know. And they weren't even single brothers, right? You know, they were, at least Peter was married, right? So um, they didn't, they maybe they had little kids. I don't know. Maybe that was the reason, right? Maybe there's some legit reason. But, you know, he basically, Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You know, I think in a spiritual, godly perspective, Jesus was having a trouble, having a problem with the plan. And I think he just went to God, God, is this really the plan? You know, does it really have to go down this way? But I'm just committed to your will. You know, I'm committed to doing it your way, you know, if that really is your plan. And is that really our perspective as we take the challenges that God has, you know, put before us? Are we really making the effort to struggle with God to work through this blind spot? You know, we, you know, when, when I was younger, I had great dreams, aspirations. I had it all figured out what my kids were going to do, what they were going to become, what kind of people they were going to be, what kind of people I was going to be, you know, where I was going to go. And many of those things happened. Many of them didn't. And I have to go back and say, well, God has a plan in the midst of all of this. God is working through this. I just want to be engaged and make sure that I'm doing the best thing I can to be aware and in touch with his plan. Not let my disagreement with God be a blind spot that really, really hurts me, you know. So you think about it, let's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up here in, in uh, looking at the blind spots. You know, we've got the Lone Ranger blind spot, the need for connection. We've got the distorted mirror uh, blind spot. It's really trying to figure out what the Word of God says, you know, versus what we think it says. And we've got the blind spot about God having a plan that I don't think I'm really necessarily on board with. You know, the good stuff, I'm totally on board with God's plan. Challenging stuff, sometimes, you know, it's a little harder. But, you know, he makes me aware that I've just got to be humble. You know, I, I, I've never arrived, but I need to continue to pursue the connection that God wants me to have through relationships, through my seeking after him, through prayer, through just a devotion to really wanting it to go his way. You know, and I think what's exciting, though, is pushing the button and having the slide advance. You know, this was in Matthew. It says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they don't see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. I would heal them. But blessed are you... Blessed are you guys, because <clears throat> blessed are you. <laughs> blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, <clears throat> but they did not see it, and to hear what you hear, 
but did not hear it. You know, it's encouraging that in spite of our blind spots, we get to see things that prophets and righteous men long to see. You know, that we actually have the opportunity to overcome our blind spots and to see clearly. We really can connect with each other. You know, we can connect with God's word. We can live out God's plan for our lives. You know, my challenge for you today is get connected. I love you. Thank you.